Welcome to the I Heart Chocolate Podcast, a place where chasing dreams and chocolate is celebrated, where it's okay to take the abnormal path and pursue your true happiness. My name is Tina Cudinia, chocolate business mentor, award-winning chocolatier, mama to a little one, and wifey to one seriously handsome Portuguese stud, fellow chocolatier pastry chef, Bruno Cudinia. I am all about doing the dang thing and doing it well. With 15 plus years of chocolate experience under my belt, I've worked in every chocolate scenario from massive factory to upscale boutique to wholesale to chocolate school to luxury hotels to having a side business to taking the business full time. Whew! Today, I get to help other chocolatiers worldwide level up and absolutely crush it on their chocolate goals. Oh yeah, we are going to the top, my friends. So if you're looking to get inspired, have some more insight into chocolatier life, and learn a thing or two, you are in the right place. Thanks for coming with me on this journey, and without further ado, let's dive in. Hey y'all, what's up? Welcome to another episode of the I Heart Chocolate podcast, a safe space for chocolatiers and chocolatiers to learn about the other side of chocolatier life, mainly the business side and all the things that go into the entrepreneurial journey. I am all about helping you come up with a strategy to build a business that most aligns with you so you can have more of everything, more revenue, more growth, more life, just everything. Anyways, I was inspired to come on today's podcast because it's tax season. I'm sure a lot of you have been getting ready to do your taxes Maybe not the most favorite part of the year is the beginning of the year, really taking the chance to look at how the business did in 2023, ways that we can improve. Maybe you're someone who's like, I don't really understand the numbers and I have an accountant and they just submit everything for me. If you are that person, I highly recommend that you start educating yourself to really start building a basic understanding of what the numbers mean in your business, as intimidating as that is as overwhelming as that might be, because it's just going to make you feel so much better when you can look at your business truly objectively and understand what the numbers are telling you, right? The numbers tell the health of your business. They basically determine the livelihood of your business. And for many of us, the business is a full-time thing. And so the business therefore provides the livelihood for us. I, for one, don't like surprises. I like to know and see things as hard as it might be to look at. I like to understand why it is the way it is. I like to know how can I improve. I like to know what's the strategy to get my business moving in a direction where things are a little bit more sustainable, things are flowing a little bit more in a rhythm. And again, I just feel more calm about it, right? So I'm going to be riffing off today. I've been riffing off a lot lately, but riffing off today mainly about this book that I am near the end of finishing. It is called Profit First, Profit First by Michael Michalowicz. It is a very popular book. I started this book. I kind of put it down for a little bit. I picked it up again. I will start off by saying that when you first read this book, there's a lot of homework. It's basically applying a certain system to the way that you allocate the revenue in your business and a backwards way of thinking. Meaning, typically how we look at profit, most business owners is we look at it as your revenue minus your expenses equals your profit, right? Your net profit. And from that, you decide what you're going to be able to do. You're going to probably pay towards other things in your life, but the profit is always the last thing that we look at. Typically, typically. And profit first, as the name implies, it's about allocating a certain percentage of the revenue to your profit first. 
in this book, the main takeaway is creating a system for your all of your funds, basically having an income account, an owner's expense accounts, an owner's compensation or withdrawal account, a profit account, a tax account, and having these percentages, understanding basically the totality of where your money is going as you generate it. The thing I love about this book is that the homework, I'm not going to lie, the first time I read this through, I had to read it a few times to really understand it. But the first time you read it, you're like, that's just a lot of work slash that seems very impossible for certain for certain things maybe. But the point is, is that it's going to highlight what areas in your business are weak, where you're spending the most of your money and the changes that perhaps you have to make in order for you to start building a business that is more healthy. And if you keep profit first in mind, then naturally you will be forced to conduct your business in such a way that it can run on whatever revenue that you have or the limited revenue that you have to begin with, rather, I should say. So I just wanted to dive in because I know that numbers is something that lots of chocolatiers, again, I was one of them. I forever long just ignored the numbers and just had, you know, the list of what I spent, the list of what was brought in. I had my net profit. I didn't know anything about cost of goods sold, any of that stuff. And as I've been kind of educating myself more on the numbers part, working with an accountant, having a financial planner, understanding just, again, how it works. This is not my expertise. So if I'm not sounding like I understand, it's just because the jargon is not something I'm very familiar with or slash used to saying. But I do understand that there are certain things that are key to know in your business. And I just wanted to share them for the chocolatier who's like, I don't even know where to start, right? So obviously you need to know your revenue. You need to know how much money you're bringing in. For most of us, you probably have a system like QuickBooks. You probably are collecting things through your point of sale system. You need to know where your revenue is coming in, how much is your revenue, how much your business is making. You need to know also cost of goods sold. Cost of goods sold is essentially what it costs you to make your chocolates. So this is something that I see a lot. And when I say a lot, I mean a lot of chocolatiers ignore because it's too much work, quote unquote, to do the math, which basically means that you have to cost the recipe, which means that you have to look at the cost of your ingredients, the cost of your packaging, the cost of the labor that it took you to produce your product. However, if you are one of those chocolatiers who simply wings it and just does your pricing based on a comparison to whatever your competition is doing, then that might be fine and dandy in terms of you're able to sell your chocolate, but you actually really don't have any true clarity on how much you're keeping in your business. You're ballparking, you're guessing, you have no idea how much your business actually made because you don't have the numbers in place. So cost of goods sold really is about being diligent and costing out your recipes. And I suggest if you have a ton of recipes, you know, hack at it. Time block it into your schedule and make it a point that you will finish all of this as soon as possible. Because you guys, if you are someone who does not have a handle on your numbers now, I mean, like it should have been done since you started the business, but now, 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 because it's January still, well, by the time this comes off February, my gosh, now is the time to get a handle on it so that for the rest of the year, you can start tracking your business properly. Okay. Okay. So revenue, cost of goods sold, 
your gross profit, which would be your revenue minus your cost of goods sold. So basically the profit before all the expenses get taken out. Your gross profit margin, which is the gross profit divided by the revenue. So you know what percentage you have working with. The expenses. So the thing about the expenses, at least how it's outlined in the book Profit First, is they require you to go through every single expense that you've gone through in your business for the last year. And he asks you to label whether that's a necessary expense, meaning it definitely contributes to profit, whether it's recurring expense that's just an ongoing maybe subscription or something. Is that necessary? If it is necessary, is there a cheaper alternative? And then those other expenses that we may be have incurred that didn't directly impact the business, right? We have those. I'm sure there's lots of us. You bought a mold or you bought a few molds or you bought a machine that you absolutely haven't done anything with. I still have my MacU. I haven't used it at all, at all, at all. <laughs> Waste of $700. But anyways, you know, all these types of things and really analyzing once again and seeing, are these expenses impacting the revenue? Were they necessary? Where are you spending the most? For lots of us, it's probably going to be on labor. It's going to be on chocolate, most likely, right? Ingredients and labor. And it goes deeper into the book, but basically, if you're talking about labor, there's this question of, is every single person on your team necessary? And if you're kind of a lean team, you might be thinking, well, yeah, I need them. If you have the ability to that, you might be blessed and you have kind of a larger team, or even if you are a lean team, at the same token, based on the revenue that you're bringing in, does it make sense? Is your team trained to the maximum capacity slash efficiency? Are you maybe hiring someone for a task, but they're not delivering on what they say they're going to deliver on? You know, if you hire someone who's creating content for you, for instance, and the content is not converting and not bringing in sales, why are you paying the person? You're posting for what, right? So it's just a very analytical way of looking at your numbers and understanding the purpose that the numbers are showing. Do they make sense? And then this one, I really thoroughly enjoyed finding out because I was like, whoa, that's insane. And I needed to adjust my business personally, but owner's compensation. So if you have, again, I'm not a financial expert, but owner's compensation, basically the percentage that you pay yourself pretty much, right? Whether that's salary or whether you take a distribution every single quarter, or every single month, however you do it. What's the percentage that you're paying yourself in comparison to the revenue that you're bringing in? And if you're not paying yourself yet, if you're one of those people who's like, oh, I just want to reinvest into the business and I'm not going to pay myself yet, then my guess is that the rest of how you view your numbers and everything is also not on track because that's a, that's a very dangerous slash, I'm not going to say lazy, but it's a very common mistake to make to think that I'm just going to keep ignoring paying myself until the business makes more. But when is that going to happen, right? When you know the numbers that your business makes and you can see what your business can afford to pay you and you force yourself to take a cut, then you can see what you're operating with and you can see where do I need to improve? How can I bring up sales? What do I need to cut down on costs for this business to actually become healthy? If you just continue running it the way that you've been running it and you're like, oh, I'll, I'll just keep reinvesting my cut into the business, eventually you're going to be like, shoot, like what am I working so hard for? Because- I haven't even been able to pay myself, right? That's a sucky feeling. I feel like you, you'd be an employee in a job where you just don't get credit. And yet, as we know, entrepreneurs, chocolatiers, you're doing a lot, a lot of work, but you should be paying yourself, what I'm saying. My two cents, anyways. 
Then there's talking about an account for taxes. So are you someone who's actually allocating funds towards your taxes separately? This is something I implemented two years ago into my business. And I felt like it was just such a weight lifted off the shoulders because taxes is one of those things where it's like, how much are you supposed to pay quarterly? How much do I owe? Am I going to get something back? How do I, you know, I'm going to forget about it. So when you have a separate account for your taxes, then you know that this money is money that you don't touch and it's allocated aside for tax time. So when that time comes where you have to pay, you know, Uncle Sam a big check, it's like, okay, I have money that I've been slowly accumulating throughout the year that I know is allocated towards taxes. Again, I'm not going deep, deep into it because read the book. He goes so in-depth into this, into percentages, understand how to change those percentages and all that stuff. But I'm just trying to bring awareness to the types of things that you should be paying attention to, right? So we've paid attention so far. I've talked about revenue, cost of goods sold, gross profit, gross profit margin, your expenses, your percentage of expenses to your revenue, your owner's compensation, your percentage of your owner's compensation in comparison to your revenue, an, an account for taxes, and now an account for profit. So profit first is about literally taking a cut, a certain percentage. If you are a person whose business is super lean and you're thinking, I can't even pay myself Squat Diddly, how am I supposed to freaking put stuff into a profit account? He recommends starting with 1%. 1% is feels like nothing. If you could start with 1% and know that you could save money aside 1% into account and get into this practice that over time you want to increase your profit margin to 5%, to 10%, to 20%. The point is, is that you will naturally start to function in your business in such a way that if you're increasing the profit, then that means that the expense has to go down, Right. So you're being very mindful again and really looking deep into your business on what you are currently doing in order for you to cut down expenses slash give a bigger cut to yourself slash potentially increase your revenue, which are all good things for a business, right? I sound like I know what I'm talking about, right? <laughs> I feel like I do. I feel like I do. I feel like I do. Like I said, I've taken a lot of like business courses, accounting courses, reading a lot of books. When I read this one, I was like, I need to share this. Anyways, also mentioned in the book is rainy day fund. So do you have a means or a system for how to set aside money for a rainy day fund? In case, you know, equipment breaks down, you have to buy something in case there's an emergency in your business. Like, do you have something so that you're prepared? And I feel like the whole point of all of this in this book is basically to create a system for the numbers part of your business, which is the life, the livelihood of your business, so that you can understand like in depth slash objectively, because the numbers don't lie, right? What your business is actually telling you. That's super important. I emphasize on this podcast all the time to pay attention to the business side of things. I feel like it provides clarity. I feel like it gives peace of mind. I feel like when you actually understand and you can educate yourself on what the finances mean, the business financials, how they are, how the taxes work, what's your gross margins on things, what's your owner's withdrawal, what's your, all those types of things, you have a sense of clarity. You can go in, you know, month to month or however often you do your budgeting and look at your PL and stuff and see where the gaps are rather than going in blindly each year and saying, I'm just going to grow my business. Well, what does that mean exactly? You have to look at the details of things, right? And then on the opposite side of that, on the opposite side of that, talking about increasing revenue, talking about decreasing expenses, that's immediately related to how you work inside your kitchen. The decisions that you're making within your actual business 
regarding chocolate. And that's the part where your girl is really damn good at coming up with strategies and systems and ways for you to do that that make sense for you. No matter your kitchen background, no matter what type of kitchen you're working in, I'm telling you, that's something that I have helped many chocolatiers navigate and freaking figure out for themselves. And the reason I feel I can do that is because I'm the third eye. I'm the person who give me all the data. I know freaking chocolate kitchens like the back of my hand. I've just been in it for so long. I have a lot of experience. I have a wealth of knowledge I've learned from business coaches applied directly to my chocolate business before. I know what I'm talking about. So when it comes to the numbers part, get yourself some help if you're trying to do it by yourself. I highly recommend start reading this book to open your eyes, to see the possibilities, to see how you can start to create systems for yourself if you don't already have someone helping you with your numbers. When it comes to the actual business part of like, how do I increase my sales? How do I run my kitchen more efficiently? How do I decrease these expenses? Because time is money and labor is money and chocolate is money and how you run things is money. So if you're someone who's like, I just feel like I'm just kind of doing the best with what I can. I don't even know if that's working. I'm not really paying myself yet. I don't really understand why my chocolates are selling so well in this market versus this market. I don't really know if the product suite that I have is the best one. That's where you hire your girl. Yeah. Anyways, I just wanted to riff on that for today's podcast. I hope that it highlighted some things for you. Let me know if it brought up any thoughts for yourself because again, I'm someone who I bought accountant for dummies like way back when in the day. I always had this intention to learn it and it never clicked. It was such a struggle and I'm good at math, but it was just such a struggle to understand the numbers. There's just way too many things to keep track of. I felt like this book did a really good explanation of really taking your business apart. Again, a lot of jargon in the beginning, a lot of things you're like, oh my God, all these numbers. But he literally tells you, if you haven't done this yet by this part of the book, do it now. You do it and you analyze it and you can see, all right, okay, that's my starting point. Whatever that starting point is, whether it makes you freaking excited, whether it scares you, whether it kind of like irks you a little bit, whatever it is, at least you know. And if you know, then you can actually make a plan to move forward. All right, y'all, that is it for today's I Heart Chocolate podcast. Thank you so much for listening. By the way, if you are someone who is looking for more help in your business, like I said, hire your girl. But also, I do free connection calls from time to time. I always have a few spots each week. If you would like to schedule one, let your girl know in the DMs or comment below on the YouTube if you are watching. And I cannot wait to chat with you guys next time. I'll see you later. And that is a wrap. Thank you so much for listening. If you found this podcast helpful and would be so kind, share the good news. Let your chocolate friends know post about it on social media or simply leave a five-star review because honestly if I can help others to do the dang thing too that is just awesome sauce in my book oh yeah by the way I say things like awesome sauce (laughs) anyways y'all I'm gonna close with my personal mantra for life remember chocolatier I truly 100% believe it and I know it to be true you are absolutely worthy of the life you dream you just have to have the courage to keep pursuing it. Till next time, friends.